I'm going to say this, though. And you are 100% correct yeah. on what you just said. Okay? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give men... I'm going to let them in in a little secret. Okay? By the way, women, they love to see their men compete. Okay? When they see their man being a phony or when they fold mm. they don't appreciate that mm. because women expect for men to be ultimate competitors okay where we go wrong as men is the fact that we don't know how to communicate to our woman hey look this is how i'm wired okay i'm gonna compete at a very high level because i want to win yeah okay so yes there's gonna be a lot of sacrifice sometimes i won't be able to make it to the parent teacher conference sometimes i won't be able to be at the baseball game but i'm a competitor and you need to understand that okay so men don't believe that what women want is for you to be there 10 hours a day who's making the money who's the breadwinner the issue is when we don't communicate that to our to our wife we just need to have that conversation let them know this is who i am i love you okay i will be here for you i will go to the cross i will die on the cross for you but i want to compete and i want you to be okay with that but that's interesting because um nowadays it's it's difficult man it's difficult to have your kids want to come come with you they're they're busy watching tv they're busy uh, playing a video game they're busy doing something else and uh, and it's you know it's not always cool once you get into the teenage years it's not always cool to be with dad to be with mom there's other things that are more important so there's already something different about you from from today's kids um and even myself you know like i was that kid that wanted to be dropped off at the corner mm. so that mom and you know dad you know, nobody would see that mom and dad were dropping me off at school because it was it was i wasn't you know they weren't cool or it wasn't cool to be in a in a oldsmobile freaking buick you they know got, or something like now. that you know yeah. so so it's, it's it's really interesting that you now what kind of dad was your dad that 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 created that that welcoming feeling for you or for that you even wanted to be with him you know like what can we do differently so that my kids or our kids do want to be with us doing something that you're uncomfortable with i relish that yeah i've i've been um finding an appreciation for it more so (laughs) recently than i did in the past (laughs) and and, and me as well you know because you know we're, we're we're humans we're souls and we do things mostly within our comfort zone yeah but i'm a type of person where okay i know my strengths i know you know i feel like i have a good knowledge and i'm always willing to learn and build on that but but i have an appreciation for what the others are doing with a completely set of different talents that i've never been exposed to that i've never done and 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 i almost feel like you know, if I were to try to do something like that, it would be ex- extremely difficult because I don't have that type of knack. So I'll give an example. Like uh, the friends that I grew up with, they're so mechanically inclined and I'm not. <laughs> All right. I'm not. And I always I, I wish I had it just because I think it's so amazing to fix things and do things and, and, and have that. And it's amazing how 
how I want to say like how handicapped I was when I was trying to do it. I'm like horrible at trying to fix things and be like it's bad, <laughs> you know. But but I acknowledge it, right? That's the yeah. first thing. Hey, yeah. acknowledge it. Be honest with it. Yeah. I know it. I accept it. Okay, what am I gonna do with it? Does that mean I'm not gonna do any of that stuff ever for the rest of my life, or does that mean hey? Nobody's watching right now. Maybe I could try to do this yeah. and give it a shot and try. Yeah, and maybe build. I can mess this up. Yeah. And but, if you do, you do. Hey, but you're going to learn in that. You're right? going to learn. Yeah. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Brothers from Another Mother, where we talk about the trials and tribulations in everyday entrepreneurship. For those who don't know me, my name is Alex Maldonado. And I'm Renee Atkinson, and today we've got an amazing person on the show. His name's Vijay Vaswani. He's one of the entrepreneurs here in El Paso, Texas, who's doing amazing things. And so it's a real treat to have you here on the show today. How are you doing today, Vijay? Man, I'm doing amazing. I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I love what you guys are doing. And the fact that you thought of me to be here is a very great, humbling feeling. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah, man. I was, I was really excited to have you on the show. Um, so... I knew that you had, we had talked before and you had talked about doing things in town and how you were uh, helping the youth and talking to kids. And, and I, saw it, I saw it in you, man, and, and you know, when it came to basketball, when it came to all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? We need, to, we need to have Vijay on, man. I know exactly who we need to have on. And I want him to talk about what he's doing, what he's done, uh, you know, what, what the history was. Because in entrepreneurship, uh, it's, it's, there's a lot of downfalls and i hate when people get stuck on a downfall thinking that they're the only ones that are running into this and that they might be bad at what the what they're wanting to do and so i just wanted to put out the word that hey guys you're not the only ones going through this um we're all going through this and a lot of times daily you know there's a new a new struggle we're set we're presented with every darn day and we're pushing through that this is how we're doing it and this is how you can do it too so i think you're 100 percent correct you Thanks, know, brother. Um, we all have that dream, that vision of getting to a level and a place of being at a certain level of success, you yeah. know, entrepreneurs, and you don't know what you're going to go through. And once you start to go through it, it's intense, yeah. you know, so I'm happy to just share some of my experiences and how I was able to adapt. But more importantly, I think the main focus is to support everybody yeah. that's going through things because how are you supposed to know and learn and cope, cope with whatever it is that's happening and it's going to happen. You know, there's going to be challenges and, and it gets intense. So you can't go to school for the answers. You can't take a class. You can't read a book. Uh, books are helpful, but how do you handle the situation mentally and how do you think clearly as to how you're going to move forward with these obstacles in your way and what is the true guidelines moving forward so at the end of the day wholeheartedly i believe in you know genuine support yeah you know, so i hope you know if anybody even gets one percent two percent gain out of this that's terrific take that and build on it you know and 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 listen to testaments and it Sometimes it's very painful. There's highs, there's lows, but we have to get through it. And it takes a special person, man, to even uh, be willing to, to come on the show and, um, and shed some of those layers off and, and get down to the real of, of it, you know? Um, 
you can come on the show and say, man, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing great, I've got all this, but not talk about all the, the downfalls, man. So it takes it also takes courage to come in to come on the show and, and do something like that. So I want to say, you know, thank you to you as well, man. I, I really appreciate you saying yes and coming out here. But before we get into into all this, um, you, you you gave us a little bit right there of, of, of what what you like and what you do and what your mentality is like. But what was the upbringing that even instilled this kind of kind of drive and mentality? What what was what was your upbringing like? Where were you raised? Are you originally from El Paso? Man, it's amazing. It's 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 been such an amazing journey, and it continues and it grows. But you know, I'm 100 percent Indian. My parents were born and raised in India. Okay, I'm the first one from my family that was born in the United States. Wow, I was born in San Antonio, Texas. So I'm Texas by blood. Nice. And, you know, it's that first break in generation because my parents were traditional. Speak the native language, make the, the, the Indian foods. And I was born in the United States with, you know, that different culture. And I've actually had such amazing positivities taking in both sides, understanding our deep roots Mm -hmm. And then also understanding that things evolve and things change, right? So you have to take it all in and 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 mold yourself. So uh, I was born in San Antonio and left that city when I was nine years old. I used to go on business trips with my dad. You know, he 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 worked really hard all his life. He really did, and he did it all for his family. He never really wanted to, you know. Uh, by himself something luxury or nice it was all about providing yeah. for his family and the stories that i could share deeper maybe another day it's it's mind-blowing yeah the sacrifice so what did your dad do so he was uh, in the jewelry business okay. and he would wholesale kilos of gold wow you said kilos man people like, probably know, freaking right? jumped right yeah. there bro what do you mean kilos <laughs> like he was moving weight you know big time and and as a kid you see that hustle and he would go to border towns brownsville del rio mcallen uh the 956 we, we would go deep in mexico mexico city guadalajara and it's like i wanted to go i always wanted to go with them yeah you know and it's not like i'm you know uh doing any type of work i just wanted to be around them and and and, and you know it's my dad and this was at nine this was seven eight nine and, really? I, and i would you know instead of staying home on weekends watching tv he would take these trips and i'll say let's you know can i come yeah and it just starts to become a part of your experience the fact that you are being exposed to some type of work career and you make that choice to want to be around it you you, you start to feel it and it starts to you start to see things from a different perspective as you build yourself, even at such an age. Obviously, I wasn't thinking this when I was that age, yeah. you know, but I enjoyed being with him. I enjoyed watching him and it becomes a part of you. But that's interesting because um, nowadays it's it's difficult, man. It's difficult to have your kids want to come come with you. They're they're busy watching TV. They're yeah. busy uh, playing a video game. They're busy doing something else. And uh, and it's 
you know, it's not always cool. Once you get into the teenage years, it's not always cool to be with dad, to be with mom. There's other things that are more important. So there's already something different about you from from today's kids. Um, and even myself, you know, like I was that kid that wanted to be dropped off at the corner mm. so that mom and, you know, dad, you know, nobody would see that mom and dad were dropping me off at school because it was, it was, I wasn't, you know, they weren't cool or it wasn't cool to be in a, yeah. in a Oldsmobile freaking Buick, you they know, got, or something like now. that, you know? Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's really interesting that you now, what kind of dad was your dad oh. that, that, that created that? that welcoming feeling for you or for that you even wanted to be with him, you know, like what can we do differently so that my kids or our kids do want to be with us? It's amazing. Uh, the irony is, is I was never forced to do anything. Mm -hmm. My parents never said you need to work. You need to do this. You never, I'm, I'm blessed. I've had such a great trust, trustworthy relationship with my parents to where, my responsibilities kind of, you know, let them know that they had a confident feeling that, okay, he's going to be okay. But they never said, do this, do that. As a matter of fact, they never told me no, which is interesting because my wife, when we have conversations now, she's amazing. You know, she was told no all her life. So wow. sometimes you want to get out and do those things just because you're told no. Yeah. And then when you're not told no, you become a little more like, if I want to do it, I'll do it. If I don't, I don't. So, you know, at the end of the day, I, I know how hard our founding generations work to even give us what we have on this stage and platform to just have and then build on it. So that to me always resonated with me because, you know, when you hear stories about what people had to do to just put food on the table back in those days mm -hmm. it's nothing compared to where it is right now so when you're exposed to that it resonates with you in terms of meaning purpose uh yeah. without it even being said so, so so do you think that being being never said no to right everything was always if you want to do it go do it do you think that set your 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 mentality to a if I want it, I can do it rather than maybe I can't do that or maybe I can't do this because you were never said no to? Probably. I think, I think deeper than that, I've, I've learned from just the experiences that I've had where I've lived, where I've moved, how I've had to adapt mm -hmm. to environments and schools and work. That to me is what I felt like really molded me to be the person that I am. And, yeah. and, and I'm happy to share a lot of that today in terms of support. But I'll tell you the other kicker is doing something that you're uncomfortable with. I relish that. Yeah. I, I've, I've been um, finding an appreciation for it more so recently than I did in the past. <laughs> and, and, and me as well, you know, because, you know, we're, we're, we're humans, we're souls, and we do things mostly within our comfort zone. Yeah. But I'm a type of person where, okay, I know my strengths. I know, you know, I feel like I have a good knowledge and I'm always willing to learn and build on that. But, but I have an appreciation for 
what the others are doing with a completely set of different talents that I've never been exposed to, that I've never done. And, and, and I almost feel like, you know, if I were to try to do something like that, it would be extremely difficult because I don't have that type of knack. So I'll give an example, like uh, the friends that I grew up with, they're so mechanically inclined and I'm not. <laughs> All right. I'm not. And I always I, I wish I had it just because I think it's so amazing to fix things and do things and, and, and have that. And it's amazing how how I want to say like how handicapped I was when I was trying to do it. I'm like horrible at trying to fix things and be like it's bad, <laughs> you know, but but I acknowledge it. Right. That's the yeah. first thing. Hey, yeah. acknowledge it. Be honest with it. Yeah. I know it. I accept it. OK, what am I going to do with it? Does that mean. I'm not going to do any of that stuff ever for the rest of my life. Or does that mean, hey, nobody's watching right now. Maybe I could try to do this yeah, and give it a shot and try. Yeah, and maybe build. I can mess this up. Yeah. And but, if you do, you do. Hey, but you're going to learn in that. You're right? going to learn. Yeah. So, so okay. So then, because uh, I want to find out how you ended up in El Paso. Right. So, so you were in San Antonio and then, and this was nine years old. Yeah. And, and then, so and then what? Family, uh, you know, we went through the, the depreciation of the peso. The okay. devaluation okay. in the 80s, and a lot of people got hurt. A lot of people took a hit. My dad took major L's on that. And it's a cycle. Yeah. So um, what are we going to do about it, right? So he decided to move to the Caribbean where he had some family members that have had retail jewelry businesses there for many, 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 many years. And we decided to give that a try. So we moved from... San Antonio, Texas, to the Virgin Islands in the Caribbean. Completely different culture shock. <laughs> All right, and I'm nine years old, so I don't I don't know anything better. I'm, you, you at that age, you're just used to having what you're having at your disposal. So it was it was it was uncomfortable. It was different. It was challenging. But let me tell you, it was one of the most growing experiences that I felt like I've had. Why? Because now you're living on an island where you don't have things at your disposal. Uh, the school that I went to, I mean, it was extremely different. Um, it was all locals, 90%, you know, 90% black. And then here I come, you know, first day of school, probably have a Texas accent. And, and, and you know, sure enough, you know, kids like to, you know, poke fun and things like that. But I'll never forget my first day there was rushed by like four or five kids and you know they were pointing and almost wanted to touch my hair it was because it's almost like who is this guy yeah you showed up in spurs you know oh, forever <laughs> you, you will always see me in spurs forever to like die um hey that's where tim duncan's from yeah the yeah. virgin islands right? wow so i instead of feeling sad instead of going home and crying and I kind of just smiled and I took it and I embraced it and that was probably the best thing that I could have done because I never got bullied I never you know didn't resist that feeling I, I just went with the flow and before you know it you start to bond and 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 build that relationship so the key to something like this is being able to adapt yeah to whatever environment there is no matter what this whether you're thrown into it or you select it once you're in it how are you going to swim yeah you have to be able to adapt so 
The next thing was is uh, we were getting slammed by these devastating hurricanes. And Hurricane Hugo back in, I think it was 87, was massive destruction. I mean, this thing just totally wiped out a lot of the islands. And we were having to deal with this as a new experience coming from San Antonio, coming from the United States. You know, you recover quickly when you're on an island. Forget about it. So we were without power for more than three months. Wow. Didn't have hot water. I mean, it was intense. But I'll be honest with you. To me, even just watching the hurricane, it's very it's a mystic uh, vision because it's like, wow, like you see all this wind and the rain and the power, but yet it's you know ironically like a little beautiful a little bit you know because it's nature it's like how is this thing doing it you know so i didn't you know it's it's amazing uh i've never seen anything like that so now how do you deal with not having your lights your tv your cable uh food like you you, you you're totally restricted from what you were doing the day before and yeah. now you have to learn to adapt and i'm gonna tell you I loved it because everybody sat down together as a family. We ate together. We had candles. We didn't have the TV on. We didn't have, you know, phones with social media while we're eating. We had no distractions other than the connecting with your family members for that moment of time. And I can't even express how powerful that is because when you eliminate everything for that moment of time, you're into that moment. It's a heartfelt moment all the technology is great but when it's taken away from you you just like culture shock right yeah if it's gone it's gone what are you gonna do about it stop living no all right so we had to do this for like months and i thought it was such an amazing experience um to, to be able to do that so while i was going to school at that time uh, my father had a jewelry store right down the street from a private school that i was attending and I would walk down <laughs> after school and walk into my dad's store. He had jewelry on one side. He had watches on the other side. And in the back, in the rear, he had T-shirts for sale for tourists. You know, tourists come in. They want to buy stuff. They come off the cruise ships. They buy. They're gone. So the interesting part was is nobody said, BJ, go to work. Clocking this many hours. I, I, I saw them do it. And then it's almost as if you emulate what your parents did at times and i just decided to to do it and it's not like you know there was a paycheck or anything like that you do it because you want to do it you see yeah. them do it it's your dad all right let me try and it was just very natural so so did you get a high like did you get a, a, a sense of satisfaction every time you sold something yeah yeah i felt great it was That's like cool. whoa i i was like i'm doing this yeah so that's the relishing feeling you go into this thing with fear you go into this thing with an unknown i don't know what's gonna happen what if they get like it doesn't matter you go there with an open heart because at the end of the day we're if this was anybody i'm pretty sure we're all going in there with good intentions yeah right we're not going in there to mess it up yeah even though we might mess it up yeah but we're not intentionally trying to mess it up and you know started doing pretty good the funny part was is after that i started going into the watches uh again nobody led me nobody guided me nobody told me it was like okay let me just try it 
And we had some nice high-end watches, uh, big-name brands at that time. We had Movado, Raymond Weil, we had Wittenauer, Longines, and, you know, it was, it, was, it was really cool. So the funny thing was, is now I'm like 10, 11 years old, we have employees that have been doing this for years. They get paid. I mean, this is like their, like their livelihood. Yeah. And now I'm selling more watches than they are. Wow. At the age of like 11. <laughs> So, you know, it's kind of it's kind of weird, right? You got eleven year old kids selling seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars, fifteen hundred, two, and it just starts to like become comfortable and natural. And I wouldn't touch the jewelry side because I was, you know, too young for that. But mm-hmm. I mean, I was smashing records, like say, like records. So how how were you gaining the knowledge about the watches so that you could explain? I'm like, I'm assuming that that's what you would do, right? There had to be some knowledge. So did yeah. you get this from your dad, from being around them, from being at the jewelry store, hanging out? I think my parents were just so nice, so kind, and so loving that, you know, when I see salespeople nowadays, you know, it's like they have this reputation, car salesmen, and yeah. it's like... They're going to push. You know, and- uh, it's... So I think because of my upbringing from my family, it's like, we're not like that. Yeah. I take pride in listening. And that's where I think the secret is. If you're in sales, listen to what they are saying. They're giving you information. They're giving you details. So now that you have, now that you're listening and if you know your product, now you're able to match your product with the elements that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And to me, I don't look at sales as sales. To me, sales is consulting because you have the knowledge. We're, sales is like totally out of my vocabulary. Yeah, We're consulting. We're providing a service to where no matter what you're selling, yeah. it doesn't have to be jewelry. It could be anything. They're yeah. coming in looking for something and you know your information on your product. So it's a matter of listening and then maybe asking the right questions and then educating them what the difference is and then before you know it you're actually helping them make a decision you know i i say that here to our to our customer service reps um i'll I'll give them little um sales classes and i'll be like look guys when someone's at at the register you know if you see them taking something don't feel that you're pushing something on them it's more like you're making them aware of something yes. that they don't even know that they're missing and and so if you let them know hey i see you're you know, you're taking these chips uh we've got the salsa over there don't think you're pushing that on right. them but it, you're letting them you're know just, you know you're just making them aware That's hey it. you know what we've got this over here and then on their own they're like hey well you know what thank you so much because i i was missing that yeah let me go get that so you don't you're not pushing anything on them. Don't feel like you're upselling them right. without them really needing it because because they actually do. They just don't even know that they need it, right? You don't know what you don't know. It's amazing, you know. Uh, it's a matter of it's as simple as just picking up on the signals that are there. You have to just be paying attention to it, and you have to care, right? If, if people don't care, I mean, it's obvious, and this thing's not going to work, but. If you're paying attention and you care, I mean, that's a winning formula and a winning recipe right there. Because anything that comes out of you after that is going to be sincere. Yeah. It's going to be genuine. Yeah. But you're going to be alert and you're going to pick up signals. Everybody's different. 
everybody that comes to the door yeah it's different yeah they've got a different approach they want to okay. be approached differently they want to be talked to differently some of them don't want to waste time we've run right. into those people some of them don't want to waste time exactly. they're just like hey cut to the chase i need it now like yeah. i need to talk about what you're going to talk about right now exactly. i don't want to i don't want to sugarcoat it i want to introduce myself yeah. i don't want to none of that stuff just let's get down to business so you do you do really have to Adapt. get to know people yeah. and 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 read people well yes. so that you know what level you need to be at whenever you you're actually you know talking to them correct yeah so building on that after you know we moved we were living in the virgin islands we ended up moving to miami in 1992 big city jungle miami is miami all right i mean i felt like i lived in the most amazing era and you know that will always be a part of me with 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 that time and it was it was just amazing so again starting high school with not knowing a single kid in a school full of four thousand plus kids a little intimidating i mean it was aggressive it was the jungle and i stay true to myself right yeah i'm not aggressive i'm not that person i'm not trying to you know i just let me see. I study. Okay. See what the environment's like. All right. Now, how am I going to adapt? Yeah. How am I going to flow with this completely different world that I just moved from into this new way of how this world is? Okay. I think it's very important for anybody that's listening to is stay true to yourself. You do not have to do anything that you don't want to do based on the power of influence. And I literally recite this to my kids. Yeah almost every day and the kids nowadays need to hear it more than any other time in our in our in our life man so much pressure so much internal desire of wanting to be accepted yeah okay i can understand that i think it's part of growth i think it's how we evolve from child to adults so stay true to who you are if you do not want to do something and you weren't even thinking that because and now somebody else is doing it that should not change your mindset or decision of wanting to be cool wanting to be accepted if you don't believe in doing it don't do it and i mean i've i think we've all kind of like seen some crazy stuff growing up you know like and you have to dig down deep so when you are true to yourself and you're honest with yourself and you look at yourself and you say, wow, is this something that I want to do? If you want to do it, go do it. Take a chance and, and, and see how that goes. But if you don't, you should never feel obligated. You should never feel pressured. You should never feel. They keep going. You should never feel like you have to do something that you don't want to do. So in today's youth, social media, YouTube, man, when things are exposed, it gets crazy, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the one thing that I feel like social media is different. If somebody sees something on YouTube that's probably not good, it's almost as if it becomes, wow, this is accepted. Yeah. Like, this is what other people do? Okay, it's okay to do this. And now because they do it, it's okay that I do it. And yeah. okay, so going back to what I said, Stay true to yourself. If you don't believe in doing something, stand by that. Yeah. Be who you are. Have that integrity. And be yourself. Don't be somebody you're not. Yeah. That's never good. Yeah. Always be who you are. Always. Yesterday, yesterday mm-hmm. I, I, um, 
I was out handing out coupons for for the store um, and just spreading the word. And um, I walked up to this this young young lady, and um, and I mean everybody nowadays, all these high school kids, they've all got Instagram. So uh, I walk up to her and I'm like, "Hey, you got Instagram?" I was like, "You know, follow us, and I'll give you this coupon. It's it's for a for a 32 ounce drink and a and a hot dog for free. You know, just follow us." And uh, she kind of she got her phone out and she 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 tried to do it, but when she was doing that, she kind of hung her head and she's like, "Like I'm on time out." She's like, you know, because it's during school hours, oh, so I can't she's I being can't, monitored. I can't get on social Oof. media. And I said, you know what? Your parents want something really good for you. Did so, you give it to her? Say again? Did you give it to her? Like a coupon? Yeah, like I still gave it to her. Okay. Yeah, I gave it to her and I gave it to good. the other young lady. Yeah, but I said, I said, um, you know, hey, your parents want something really good for you. So don't take what they're doing as a bad thing. No. Because, man, they're really looking out for you. And mm. not many kids are, are, are in your situation. So, like, props for your parents, you yeah. know? So it was, it was neat, man. And. That was really special for me uh, when I when I I hadn't ran into I've talked to hundreds of kids. I've never seen that. And she was the only one. I said, "Wow, man, that's that's really neat." I didn't even know you could do that. I'm gonna have to learn how to do that. Yeah. yeah. And, and we, we uh, and you know what? Um, we I shared this this short the other day. Me and Renee were talking about parenting, and I made I asked them. I said, "Would you have rather growing up? Would you have rather had parents that were petty, mm. or or parents that were encouraging?" And what, what would you rather had? Encouraging. Okay. Because I don't think anybody has these intentions. I always come back to that. I don't think anybody's trying to do something with bad intentions. Sometimes things just happen. Mm-hmm. And I, now that I have kids, I have two amazing kids, but I, I'm very conscious because, you know, everybody's different and I never want them to feel bad. So, you know, recently, my son, he just, he's the most amazing boy there is. He's how old? He is nine. Okay. But, you know, he's starting to break a few things here and there. And I'm trying to just show him how to be careful with your stuff. But it's, it's, I mean, he's breaking a lot of stuff. (laughs) All right. I have to hold it in my consciousness. Don't be upset. He's not trying to break it on purpose. Yeah. Even though you're trying to show him some of the best practices to not break it, it's kind of still happening. So it's very important to, to, to be in that mindset with them to where you're encouraging and you're helping and supporting and, and they, you know, they don't feel bad, you know, and, and, and you're just there, you yeah. know, and it's just the dynamics too, you know, between, you know, father and son. Um, but it's amazing. But you always have to be encouraging and nurture them and listen and, and understand their personality. Mm-hmm. Well, this is about to be an interesting take yeah. then. So go ahead, Alex. I, that's why. That's Edu- like, edu- no. <laughs> I see you. I see. And it, so this, this reel, when I posted it, I think it touched a lot of people because it got close to about 20,000 replays of people sharing it and posting oh, it and engaging with it. Because my thing is, I, to an extent, also believe in encouragement. Yes. But I think there has to be a balance just like anything. Some type of guidelines. Yeah. yeah. Because if you break down uh, pettiness down to the, like, just... Simplest form. Yeah, to the simplest form. Many people believe that being petty is a bad thing. But the simplest definition of petty is, is just... 
it equals out to small. So it's the small things, right? Right. So I'm I'm that petty parent where, for example, table manners for me, they're a big thing. Yes. There's, it's something that a lot of parents don't pay attention to because they're small things. Um, how to, you know, something as like I teach my son, hey, I don't just teach you, I show you. Right. When when I when mom and I are walking to the car, I open up her door, I let right. her in, I open up my daughter's door, I let her in. And now it's become a standard. Okay. It's an expectation. My daughter won't get in the car if I don't open the door for her. That's great. You know? So pettiness for me, if you break it down to the simplest sure. form, is very important um, to teach your children because we've lost a lot of the traditional oh. values. And that's why I said, I, I believe in encouragement, yes. but I also believe in being petty. And when people hear petty, it rings an alarm, you know, but what petty really means is just pay attention to the small things. Absolutely. I mean, details are deep. So I'll touch upon that. I think just because of the difference between my wife was raised with just hardcore restrictions. And Where is she from? She's, believe it or not, she's also Indian, which okay. is funny because I, I'll be honest, I never thought I would marry somebody my own kind. And she is just so beautiful, so amazing. She is the most spectacular soul there is. And I'm, I'm, I'm totally, it's crazy how we met. And it's great. Yeah. So. All right, all right. Continue. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So touching up on what Alex said, two things. One. I believe what you're saying. My my feedback and input are just my style is I want them. I want the kids to derive to that if that's something that they're going to do and they want to do. I've noticed when we try to I don't want to say force, but we put these standards and we put these things. It's good for structured habit. And, and it's good to have a schedule and it's good to have time slots. Hey, when you could be on TV, when you can't. And I really feel like I want them yes. to derive to that. So I'm not going to cap you and say, hey, you can, you can watch TV for two hours. I'm going to let you watch TV. But I want you I want you to start to come to whatever it is in your mind. Hey, it's time. It's done. Yeah. And and sometimes I, I'll let it go. I mean, now we're talking from two hours. This thing is probably going to three, four, five. Okay, but I want them to come to that. I want them to come to it because if I put it out there, I might get some resistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's just how I parent. I want I want to lay it out there, and I'll I'll drop little clues and hints. But I don't want to be that parent that's always like, "Come on, you know." And and, and for me, I'm very on time at times you know I, I respect time and it's tough <laughs> sometimes with kids yes. because you know they're kids yeah but for me it's like i don't want to be late to anything that is powerful that you said that vj yeah. um but because, I, w- I want them to come to that yeah because that is a huge issue in today's society yeah. kids don't know how to choose the power of choice if you if you also start to pay attention to a lot of the things that uh, or how life plays out for humans in general it plays out based on the cho- on the choices the decisions we make throughout our life you know um and most of us struggle because we were never taught the power of choice growing up so um you have to in a sense because 
look if you really pay attention to to, to parenting um we're always we're always so focused on trying to cuddle our children from yes. from making a mistake or yes. or we're so afraid but at the end of the day whether you at that moment let's say restrict the phone from them that's only momentarily right eventually they're going to find a way around it because yeah. you you talk about being a, a, adapting right the psychology yeah so kids will they'll find a way to do it behind your back and instead Let me teach you about choice. Yeah. You know? So that's powerful that you talk about choice. So on that note, what's more powerful? If we guide them or if they come to that conclusion and they come to that confirmation with themselves, oh wait, okay, this is how it has to be. It's much to me it's much more powerful when they come to that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The other thing, this is an interesting uh, exercise. How you mentioned opening doors. I'm one of those guys where I don't know. I don't even know how this just happens. But like, I think it's the right thing to do to open doors for people. Women, obviously. Mm -hmm. Definitely elderly. Yes. But, you know, if I see guys, <laughs> I'll do it too. Yeah. You know, be why? Because I, I, it's. It's yeah, I like did it all morning for you. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. But here's what I noticed out of this exercise. And and this is just like passive conversations and, and, and behavioral habits that I see and reactions from others. So whether it's the shopping mall, restaurant, because sometimes restaurants, I mean, my wife It's probably like, man, you're holding that door a little bit too long for everybody because it's like, I'm like, I can't help it. You know, I just, I'm here. I can't let it slam in front of somebody's I, face. You yeah, know, yeah. it's like, yeah. they're already by the car and I'm still there like trying to open the door. <laughs> and then, you know, I'll break away when I can. But here's what I've noticed. When I've seen others, you know, have the same great respectable mannerisms, guess what? They get frustrated if they don't get a thank you they react and then they're like and, and i'll hear it like you know in your environment and they're like gosh that person didn't even say thank you and I open the door and it's like and i'm gonna tell you something these are the things that i pick up on just my experiences because it's about how you set a standard for yourself and obviously we don't want to get frustrated by doing something good That doesn't make any sense, right? Doing a good gesture and then you're frustrated because... Then you didn't really want to do it. Right. So what I tell people is, hey, I'm opening the door because I want to open the door. Exactly. I'm not opening that door because I want to thank you. Yeah. I'm doing, the, I'm doing it because I, they didn't ask me, open the door for me. Yeah. I'm just doing it. If you say thank you, I'll smile. If you don't, I'll still smile. And I move on. You know, it's all good. These are like little things like that trigger like road rage and stuff like yeah. that it's like all these little little things you know uh when i'm driving in this awesome city with i think everybody's an amazing driver here you guys might disagree because <laughs> they haven't been in new york oh man <laughs> don't go to miami drive it's crazy but if somebody wants to go in front of me i'll smile and let them go it's I'm, you know it's no big deal have a great day go you know so I wanted to share where I felt like, um, you know, we could really touch a lot of people and help support with their entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. 
okay because where is this recipe where is this secret formula where is the where are these answers to all the tribulations and all the obstacles that we are taking home and trying to deal with and again it's about finding yourself when i was living in miami started at high school my parents had a jewelry store yeah because that's what they did yeah remember they are more traditional you know i'm the break of the generation but i also see their qualities their structure it's the amazingness and then i try to tap into what i see and what i see in this current market and situation so after high school i would i would go and help my parents in the shop again mm-hmm. i had a choice where i could go out of state for college and live that experience like my friends did they all went like Gainesville, UF, UM, and they had that real college experience. For me, you know, I just went to a local one that probably wasn't as reputable or had that integrity, but it was good enough. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a degree, you know. So, Come I want to throw it out there, bro. Where'd you go? I went to FIU. Okay, all right. All right. You all know, right. it's all like right. it's like it's like uh. You know, it wasn't the most amazing experience, but you know, I'll be honest, man, I just wanted to knock it out because I was really that serious about moving on with my life. I wasn't really trying to 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 be too, you know, capped up in the mind to like, oh, I have all these parties and you know, it's good to have that experience. But yeah. I'm serious and I really want to go places in my life and I gotta figure out what it is that I'm gonna do. Did you really want to go to school or was it like your parents doing? It was almost like as if it's this aura out there where if you go to school and you get degrees, you'll get a good job. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of do it for that sake. So I picked up two degrees. I had a degree in managing information systems and I got a degree in logistics. Okay. Just things that interested me. Never really practiced them in terms of employment with another company, you know, and that's where I was going with this is. I see my parents. I see them work. How could I sit on my ass and not contribute? Nothing that they told me. I came to that conclusion. I came to that formulation of opinion in my mind like, man, I should probably help out. And even though I don't know as much and I'm probably going to be uncomfortable, I felt like it was the right thing to do for me. Now, do you have brothers and sisters? I do. I have one older brother, and it was just my brother and myself. He's 12 years older than me. I was the surprise. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, he was always working, uh, but he had his own business, too. He had his own jewelry store. So it's amazing. So we had two jewelry stores, one for my parents Mm -hmm. and then my brothers. This is where life changed for me. Going to college, taking five classes scheduling whatever I can and then I'm coming back after classes and I'm helping out at the store and I'm helping on weekends and I'm not out partying with like some of my friends the reason why I made this decision is because I felt like I saw something and I was paying attention to the details so now that we talk about entrepreneurial spirit yeah okay at that time my parents were carrying inventory that they knew gold semi-precious rubies emeralds sapphires okay that was something that was the normal and it was constantly moving Mm -hmm. but things changed 
Okay. We're so they, weren't, they weren't into diamonds? No. Okay. All right. So that's just where I came in. And I started picking up on that that's not exactly what everybody wanted. And then before you know it, it's like people were going away. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. I don't want to lose, you know, the business. And yeah. say, we got to pay attention to these details. Mm-hmm. The details and the information is from your consumers. If you pick up on it, if you listen and you pay attention and you register what they're saying, whether it's right or wrong, and it could be different, but you're going to start to see a pattern. Okay. Uh, my, there was a point where my parents went on vacation. I, I actually told them, I was like, man, you guys do a lot. They were going to go to India for like a month, mm-hmm. a month. I was a little scared. I was like, how am I going to be able to handle this? And, you know, like, I was a little scared, but yeah. guess what I did? They went on vacation for a month. I was still taking my classes at college. I was barely sleeping. All right. It was it was to a level where I was putting in so many hours that I had to block. I had to take certain classes in college that were in that time slot. And those were three hour classes. In that three hour class, you get a 15 minute break. You know what I would do? I would park my car as close to the classroom as possible in that building. And I would run to my car and I would power nap for like 12 minutes. And it was memorable because it was so needed. And I remember I could hear myself snoring. And you wake up, go back to class, bang it out. Go to the store, and it's like you try to take advantage of whatever time slots that you have in your day. When I was at the store, when I was interacting with people, I literally changed our entire inventory. Wow. Because I put what people were asking for. And in my mind, I was like, man, my parents are going to freak out. (laughs) (laughs) They're so used to probably something that when they come back and they see something different. Yeah. Uh, they won't know I'm, how to act. I'm going to have to explain that. Yeah. So they came back. They were actually okay because we have a good relationship. We have a good, you know, I'm so blessed to have that. Yeah, they don't say no. Sales <laughs> were up like stupid numbers. Wow. Stupid numbers. Grades were all A's and B's. The more busy I was, the more productive I was. The more things that I was doing. So here's where things got interesting. Now we understood, hey, don't stock this. We paid attention to what the current trend is. Yeah. We cater towards that. In this environment that we had our business, uh, I don't know if you guys know what a jewelry exchange is. Do you know what a jewelry exchange is? Oof. Okay. So if you go to New York, if you go to LA, if you go to Chicago, if you go to all these districts, mm-hmm. what they do is it's almost as if car dealerships. You have all these car dealerships within like a strip right mm-hmm. so it's pretty competitive right but it's almost one of those things that pulls people to come to that area right okay so a jewelry exchange is one big layout maybe i don't know 30 40,000 square feet okay and you have independent booths in that same space and you're renting out a booth Mm -hmm. so your competition is right there Mm -hmm. a few feet away it gets dirty huh intense cutthroat 
And I mean, and these guys are sharks. They're pros. Okay, so this is the meat and potatoes that I want to get to everybody. How are they making those sales? They're like aggressive. Yeah. Shoving it. And it works. But I'm going to be honest with you. I observed. I looked. I questioned myself. Yeah. Am I going to do that? Am I going to be that guy? No, I'm not. I'm not like that. What am I going to do? How am I going to survive in this fierce, competitive market where I'm like 16 years old? And these guys are, you know, they've been doing this for a while. And I can tell you've you that. have been doing pick- it for how long you've, you were, oh, you've been around, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I you're mean, talking about being authentic. Yes. So how are we going to how are we going to pay bills how are we going to make our sales what are we going to do well going back to what i said earlier be true to yourself be who you are so here's what i did different than what everybody else was doing and this became my competitive advantage tool but honestly it's really who i am Mm -hmm. i would be very friendly very nice I'm a pretty good people's person. I mean, I really enjoy just, you know, hanging out with you guys today. So I believe in really connecting with your audience, connecting with your friends, connecting with people. Why? It's there's so much more deeper elements there that you can actually relish it and gain an advantage if you embrace that concept and you're open minded and you're willing to grow and listen as a friend. And, and this means me like I'm learning from you and I'm learning from you. You know, I don't I'm here today to share, but I'm also here today to learn and absorb what I can and be better every single day, no matter what, because it is what it is. Yeah. As these clients were coming in, I cared so much. The funny thing was. If somebody were to come in and look at a diamond ring. okay, they got to think about it and let's say they left and let's say they came back literally a year later Mm -hmm. 365 days later guess what by the time they're entering that store and walking to a booth i'm already calling them by their first and last name Mm -hmm. and i've never even seen them for a year yeah i registered my brain my mind and my process with so much care sorry so that's that's the part that i want to get to because i don't want somebody to be like oh sales tip program your brain to remember look if you care you'll do it and it'll come to you naturally if you don't care okay now you're gonna have to write it down now you're gonna have to program it and okay but imagine that person coming in probably thinking that i don't even remember them where if i started that conversation by letting them know that i know your first and last name it's really all it was is i want to let you know that i know why because i care yeah all right now everything moving forward in that conversation is taken with a lot more heartful approach. Now it's like they're comfortable. The other thing that I would do is I would remember the conversations that we had. Hey, how's your son doing? Did he ever win that base, that basketball game that you told me? And it's like, if you do these things, what are you doing? You're showing that you care and you yeah. take it seriously into your heart that it's not just a business sales transaction. You are now connecting with them on a level where you are part of a memory and an experience and 
if you can continue connecting that, you have built a relationship that is unbreakable to they do not want to go to anybody else but you. So that took me far. I built a lot I built such a large clientele in this fierce, competitive, cutthroat, shark like infested environment. But I wasn't shady. Yeah. I wasn't shysty. I wasn't dirty. I was upfront. I was honest. And let me tell you, that in itself, they love and respect you for that. And you iced up Miami. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I never even knew where this would go. Remember, my parents were selling rubies, sapphires. Okay, what do I do? I love listening. And when they tell you things and you can deliver, and, and I had to figure out how to do it. And I did. And I found I was resourceful. You cater to that market. And if you can really build that honest, genuine, strong relationship, okay, what's going to happen? Now they tell their friends and family. Now you're getting straight up solid clientele coming to you because they're testifying. And now in, in my mind, it's like, hey, I want to hold up to that expectation level too. You know, if they're referring and I don't know them, I want to make sure I deliver that exceeded expectation level that they have in their minds, which I don't even know what they have in their minds. I just want to go past it. On this note, I set no goals for myself. This is weird. Most people, when they set goals, what do they do? I want to make this much money by this year and this projected by three months and this and this and this and this. I agree with it. I think it's necessary because you need to have some type of Directions. calculations. Mm -hmm. For some strange reason, I never liked doing it. And the only reason why I never liked doing it is because I felt like that number would be putting a ceiling and you would limit yourself. How, how many issues have you had, like, let's say with your team now? Are, are you still that way where goals are not something that you really focus on? To be honest, yes. And I'll tell you why. I don't watch too much baseball, but I could pretty much tell you that when that batter is at bat, is it healthy for him to say, you know what, I'm going to hit this home run. I'm going to hit this home run. I'm going to hit this home run. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to bring in three runs. I'm going to do a grand slam. Are they saying that? Or are they saying I'm going to keep my eye on the ball? I'm going to keep my eye on the ball. And I'm going to get contact with the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. And if you do that, okay, next step. But if you're already thinking home run, home run, you might be thinking home run and you might not be thinking keep your eye on the ball. That you miss. I mean, maybe you'll hit, but shouldn't you be saying keep your eye on the ball? Yeah. Okay. When I had this store, when we had this booth in this competitive environment, and I set a reputation for ourselves. I can't even tell you the experience on how this grew. This blows my mind because I never thought that this was possible. I never knew that we would be embarking on, on, on something that, you know, I was just a kid helping out my parents. And the relationships and the integrity and everything that I stood for to stay true to myself came back to the level where it's amazing. So one day, 
you know, we live in Miami. We're not too far from some of these areas. We we get some Miami Dolphin players that kind of trickle in, and all these sharks are all over them. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget, man, this is like one of my greatest friends. He's amazing. He played in the league, maybe NFL, maybe like 11 years, played with the Chiefs, played with the Dolphins. I mean, he's just such an amazing individual. Dan Marino. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> hey, that guy's a jerk. <laughs> uh, that, that's another show. <laughs> yeah, you know, but we'll keep it positive. So built a good relation. You know, before you knew it, we'd kind of go to the parties and the clubs together. And it was fun. You know, I would always keep a lookout for him too. Keep me, you know, hey, listen, I gotta make sure he doesn't get himself in trouble. Um, he started telling his the team, "Hey, you gotta go see VJ. Forget all these other people that you're going to. They are totally taking your money. They're ripping you off. This guy will listen to what you need and save you money and give you what you want. Before you know it, everybody was coming. I had the entire team coming to me. Wow." I have pictures with everybody. Uh, Ricky Williams, Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas. I mean, you know, and some of them were business transactions, but some of them were just such amazing relationships. Yeah. That, you know, look, it's great to have these experiences. Why? It gives you the ability and the confidence. Hey, you know what? I could break through a level to where... I didn't, the levels that I was breaking before, but those were great. My everyday sales, my everyday people came from real people, real people, like normal individuals, all right, maybe some attorneys, maybe some doctors, maybe, but anybody, plumbers, contractors, it didn't matter. I will give you the best of me, no matter who you are, whether you play ball or you don't, I'm going to give you the best of me and I'm going to give you the real me and I'm going to show you and help you and exceed your expectations for what you're looking for and I will let that reputation do the talking and then I will let that grow from there. How do you get more sales? You have to build it but you have to build it through certain blocks. It doesn't mean putting a billboard on I-10. Does that help us get more sales? Maybe but what about connecting with your audience? Real, real, real pulse, real life stuff is what can help you break out of that tier. Where did you learn all this stuff? Like how, if you go back and you say, okay, um, this was a pivotal moment. You know, yeah. this is when I can say, I started to learn how to make it not about a transaction, but about a relationship. I think that that's who I am naturally. You know, I love people. I love my friends. I'm very loyal. And goes back to the first word that I think we said earlier. Care. I care. I'm not here for the buck i'm here because i really want to deliver the best and and you know with jewelry it's tricky because it could be a little bit complicated but i know what i'm doing on my end and if i can gain their trust okay now i have an opportunity to display that and i know if i could at least get that level and you let me do what i need to do you're going to be super satisfied because i know what i'm doing with that industry so so we can say this about you yeah. How do you transfer that to your employees? You know, it depends on the type of industry that you have, the type of business that you have. And in today's world, I don't even know if there's that much of a disconnect or a gap. 
I have seen this completely level change into a dynamic where it's concerning and alarming. So to answer your question specifically, I'm looking for people that care. That's the one thing that I'm looking for. If I know somebody can cares, we can work pretty well together. And if I know that you don't care, I could tell you that this is not going to work. Mm-hmm. So as I interview and as I hire and I, and I, I can't even tell you how many blueprints I had to draw because I've gone through all kinds of stuff with trying to find the right people because not everybody cares, you know, it's like a revolving door for many younger kids and generations as they're going through these experiences and platforms working here, working there, working there. I mean, does everybody have that same integrity, that same work ethic? I don't think so. How should it be? Well, I believe no matter what you do, no matter what platform it is, you put your best out there. Yeah. Whether you are a doctor, whether you're an attorney, whether you're a janitor, yeah. be the freaking best and let your work do the talking. That is what's going to help you break to another level. Having that pride, having that care and going extra, going above and beyond. At that jewelry store during those fierce competitive times, I did things that nobody else did. And they probably didn't even think about it. It could be as something as simple as, uh, you know what's funny? I was actually messaging him on my way over here. Mm-hmm. This guy, uh, amazing individual, man. Uh, Damian McIntosh, he played, he was, he was an offensive lineman for the Chiefs and the Dolphins and the Chargers for like wow. many years. I was messaging him on my way over here just because he's, he's just a nice guy. He's, you know, athletes start him great, but he's a great person. Yeah. And, he was getting married. Okay. Uh, I went, you know, back in the day when I was, I was doing a really nice ring for him. So think about this. I'm trying to help him with the ring, but I'm also opening up my mindset. What happens when you're planning a wedding? Do you have a million things going on that you're trying to court? Like how stressful is that? Yeah. That's another. Okay. So because I was listening and in tuned, I paid attention to his questions. Got the ring done. Now he's asking me, hey, what are your hours? When are you open? That's telling me that he's trying to schedule all this stuff that he probably has to figure out and he's probably stressing about. Yeah. And I said, yo, Damon, are you worried about picking up the ring when I'm here? He's like, yeah. I said, look, you do what you need to do. You tell me. And I'll come drop it off wherever you want, whenever you want. You tell me. You want me to be there at 10 o'clock tonight? And he was like, yeah. Can you drop it off my house at 10? I was like, yeah, no problem. And I did. And I saved him all this. That little gesture, that little thing completely strengthened our relationship. Why? Because it showed that I cared. Was I getting paid extra? Was I getting a tip that I expect or want? No, I did it because I'm trying to, I can understand what you're going through. Let me help take this off your plate so you can have a great wedding because that stuff's not easy to plan it's stressful you know so paying attention picking up right because if if just from that question that he asked me told me this but i reacted in a way where hey you know what let me find a solution for this but if i'm not picking up on that and i just tell him 
we're here from 10 to 9. <laughs> That's letting him know, okay, he needs to be here before 9, but I'm going extra. Yeah. Hey, I'll chop it off to you. I'll take care of you. Don't even worry about all that. I got you. Gave him everything. Boxed. Cleaned. One less thing he has to worry about. That's service. That's pride. That's care. That's reputation that we're not in this to just make a sale. We're in this to truly deliver the full process and experience and expectation level from A to Z. And this applies no matter what you do with business or sales. You go above and beyond. You have to think, what is the other person dealing with? What are they going through? It's, you know, stressful, you know? So things did, they grew. I had some amazing experiences. I got a phone call one day where Little Wayne was in town and he was at a recording studio. And usually what they do in Miami is these guys, they don't, they don't go out in public. You go to them privately. Mm -hmm. First of all, out of all the jewelers in Miami, and I get this call that you want me there is like the most complimentary feeling like, damn. I'm assuming that there's a lot of them, but roughly how many jewelry stores are there in Miami? There's some big dogs. Yeah. I'm talking like well-known big names to the point where I can't even compete with them. That's funny that you would call other jewelry stores big names when when here you have built this amazing reputation in in miami and you're talking about other people being big <laughs> i mean they are established they are you know anything i do i do for my heart yeah and i think that's why i don't put goals because i never said that hey i want to have the whole miami dolphin team shopping with me i'm going to sell jewelry a little wing one day and this no i never capped it I'm just going to keep my eye on the ball and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and I'm going to do it to the best that I can, no matter what it is. And I'm going to let things fold and I'm just going to, I'm going to be me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to show that cry, that pride. And, and, and this is about you and your level of standards. It's not, you know, you have industry standards, but then we should all identify what are our standards? Where, how well do we want to do what we want to do? Do we, first of all, do we really want to do it well? define your standards and let and then that's when things start happening is when you that's how we start to break out from your shell because i think a lot of times we compare all right this guy's doing that my competition is doing that i want to do this look you can look at your competition and you can say okay this is what he's doing that doesn't mean that that's what you should be doing the fact that you're acknowledging that's what competition is doing is good but the real strategy and technique is do something that they're not doing. Identify that. What is it? What is it? I mean, when I go about my experiences shopping, I do things, I see it. You know? And to me, it's, I guess, so natural nowadays that I could just read it. But, you know, I go with the flow. And certain people stand out from others. Why? Because they care. Because they care. Not necessarily about... The company they're representing the uniform or their name tag they're doing it because they really care and that's so beautiful and amazing to see and i can't tell you how many times i pick that up when i see it and i also pick it up when i don't see it because you could tell they just want to sail all right so had that meeting with little wayne in mm-hmm. the studio yeah 
Nobody wanted to go with me. My brother didn't want to go with me. My friends didn't want to go with me. And I needed some help and support because now I'm walking around with a bag, like <laughs> with a quarter million worth of diamonds on me. And these studios are in the hood. Yeah. They're not like in this lavish. No. Studios are in the hood in Miami. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know there was a hood in Miami. Oh, bro. man. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I got a protocol when I just, you know, growing up in, in, in the jewelry industry and going to the banks and making deposits and getting my, you know, I was a one man show at one point because I was resourceful, but that required me having to go here and go there and having, man, I used to walk around with stacks of cash because I had to, you know, do what I had to do. And my dad, I'm not, you know, they're older. Why am I going to put them through this? Yeah. I'm, let me, let me do what I can. I would always park in backwards as a safety protocol ready to go i never want to be caught slipping where they're coming from behind because that's what somebody would try to do if they're trying to do something so i you know i followed my my thing and it's funny because my wife probably still makes fun of me and probably her family you know they live in el paso they're like why does he always back in when he parks it's standard protocol when i'm when i'm you know i'm not paranoid you know it's just standard protocol if shit goes down hey i'm hitting drive i'm not going reverse trying to figure out where it was behind me and nah i'm, I'm out of here and i've seen some things so met little wayne mm -hmm. i didn't know how he was gonna be but he was he was so cool and i'm such a fan and not yeah. all these guys are nice yeah a lot of them are jerks and that's where i go back to saying is treat people amazing because of who they are not because of what they are yeah but you consider that to be like your best experience in the jewelry or what's been your best and your worst um that was good because i'm a, i'm a huge little wayne fan he's uh, quite the artist huh he's, he's quite like the artist collector right here uh, you know i i love the i love i love hip-hop love rap i grew up on all different types and i love every flow but i've always and particularly I really liked Little Wayne, and when you get that call to meet someone that you're such a fan of, and it's like, all right, let me be normal, let me make sure I'm not like, you know, kept it cool, and he was very nice, very respectable. He bought a few pieces from me. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, in my mind, like, this is really happening? Like, all these people, and they chose me to come out there privately? Great. That was a great experience. Let me give you a horrible experience. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why I don't chase this industry. It's cool. It's fun. What did I learn from this? The capability, the confidence that I could put myself on this platform and do what these big dogs are doing from just my name. But... Like I said, a lot of these guys are shady. They're dirty. People don't know. I mean, I'd give you real stories one day on how shady a lot of these artists are. Uh, one day I got a phone call where they were doing a music video. Mm -hmm. There was this young, young and upcoming artist. Uh, his name was Smitty. I don't know if you guys, you know, it was a catchy song. He had a one hit, one hit wonder, which was great. Uh, it was that song, Diamonds on My Neck, Dim Diamonds oh, yeah, on My Neck. Yeah. So if you ever go back and you look at his music video, all those pieces were from me. Wow. All, like Every piece worn in that video was from me. My, my collection, my designs. And 
you know, I, then I have to be there two, three days. It's like hours and hours. You know how they do it. They redo it. It's like, okay, I can, I can absorb that because I'm a fan and I could do this and I like to work and I'm not going you know, to bitch about it. But his manager was such a jerk, such a jerk. He was the same manager for Jamie Foxx. Oh, wow. Such a jerk. And guess what? Okay, so this is a good example. You know, he wanted me to like do things that were not in favor of my business. Mm -hmm. To where it's like I'm doing all this work, all this time. I just did all that to get an opportunity, some sales. Hopefully, if you guys are interested. And it's like it didn't really materialize the way we want it wanted to. And I was like, okay, I tried. I did my best. I tried, but because of who they are. I had to question myself, hey, if I don't see something that's kosher, am I going to do it just because I'll be in that circle of a bigger limelight? Look, I met Swiss Beats. I met Busta Rhymes on that set. Cool. Cool. Great. I didn't want to go further with it. I let somebody else do it and take on the headache. I wanted to keep my focus, my mind, my concentration back. To my store with my real people's my everyday where I know I knew I knew what I would get. Yeah. Sometimes we chase. And that's where I was going back to with our kids when we're trying to have this power, the influence of being accepted socially, to be popular, to be, you know, as adults, we kind of chase it too, where we're trying to get ourselves to a higher plateau, but that doesn't necessarily mean when you get to that higher plateau, it's what you think it is. Dig deep inside question yourself is this is this integrity real are these people good or do they have all the elements that you want to be a part of that can help you be better as a better person and grow your business the right way or are you going to be dealing with all this headaches and shade like i don't want that i don't want to be a part of that nasty yeah, yeah. i already see that from my competitors where i'm at i don't well i stopped i let somebody else take it and i i moved on so now what are you doing so so, yeah, yeah, are you still in jewelry? Uh, I, you know, I, I do it for my network, my clientele. It's not something I have a brick and mortar. It's not something I promote. It's not something I'm advertising. It's really through word of mouth and reputation. And, it, it, and when I get these phone calls, they trust me. They know me. They feel good. I know what to do. I save them massive amount of money. And I deliver a better quality product. I could have used you about a year. Oh ago. man, <laughs> man! So for me, I still do it, but it's really more through like a private way of doing it. Um, sure. When we were living in Miami, we, you know, my parents decided to retire. Being in retail in that small square footage and that exchange and that shark-like environment, I felt like a cage dog at times. And I was like, I want to, I want to be busy. I want to do things. I don't want to sit here and wait for people to come in all day. And we wanted to open up uh, some t different types of businesses. So we embarked on the self-surf <laughs> frozen yogurt concept franchise that was killing it. From selling yogurt? Oh from selling diamonds to selling yogurt, yogurt. baby. I would have never thought. What? So... We had seen what this market did in Los Angeles. We seen what it did in Miami. And I'm talking like this was um, like lines out the door. We had a choice to open up there mm -hmm. in a saturated market. But I'm so thankful for my wife 
and their family that they are so experienced best business lessons and mentor and person is my wife's dad well i've never been around anybody as sharp as he is he's just amazing we need to bring him on the show oh my gosh (laughs) he's got real secrets it's amazing and so this is where this next journey took place we decided to bring it to el paso Mm -hmm. great market great city this city loves when you bring something that they don't have. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when we did, we built our first location. We chose the location. We, we did our leases. Had one going. Can I tell you how many people thanked me and us for saying, hey, thank you for bringing us to this city? Who else would say that in a different market? You wouldn't get that in L.A. You wouldn't get that in New York. You wouldn't get that in Chicago. You wouldn't get that in Miami. Thank you for bringing this here. I touched me like yeah they're almost whoa. starving for change so that's an appreciation remember you got to listen to the people that come through the door and listen to what they're telling you yeah all right so built one before you know it, we did two we did three we did four we did five i'm telling you i had so much on my plate that I didn't know how I was going to adjust. Remember, this is a completely different business model than what I came from. Too many moving parts, too many moving pieces. Everything's important. Everything is crunch line. We had all of our stores opened on time, not a day late, and in construction, that's unheard of. Why? We put the pressure on ourselves to meet that goal. I've done as much as 95 hours a week. Not because somebody told me, not because... I was scheduled because it was required. Yeah. And when you're dealing with all these elements, now you got staffing, now you got food, you got health inspectors, you have franchise roles coming in and their value, and you have all these things, and then you're ordering, and then things don't show up. It's like massive, massive channels of fires to put out. And I still have to pay. Calm, cool, composed, happy, because I want to treat everybody amazing that comes through that door, and I want to be in that right mindset and that right mood. I can't be all stressed out. Gave it my best energy. Did all that. Now, this is where I felt like I grew out and I broke into a new barrier. First of all, did a new product with food. I've never been in the food business before. It's completely different. Never had so much staffing Uh, I had a team of 70, and I want to have the best team possible because I want everybody to have the best experience. Easier said than done. Mm -hmm. How do you get to that level? I don't like to point my finger and tell them what to do. I like to lead by example as best as I can and do it with you Mm -hmm. and show you. And if you see that I care and how I care for everybody that comes through that door, I hope you're emulating that and you're delivering. my wife would throw all kinds of different things my way. So this is where this is where growth comes into play. We've got our hands full. We're juggling. This is a lot of money. It's a lot of liability. We we we, we have to do this right. We can't we can't take a loss. And in the business, it's easy to take losses if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We we believe in community. Yeah. So what does that mean? We believe in supporting community. That doesn't mean I'm going to that community because, hey, 
after I'm done with whatever we're doing right here, I'm going to get a paycheck or something like that. No, you're volunteering. You're volunteering. Your commitment and your efforts and your energy to the community without any type of dollars being exchanged. I mean, this is who I am, and we, we, we do it because we want to do it. So one day, uh, my wife uh, tells me, hey, we're going to go to Franklin High School. Mm-hmm. We're going to meet with the faculty. And we're going to tell them about our product because it's a little bit healthier than ice cream and the fat and the sugars. And Okay. I'm, and I said, okay. And that was uh, supposed to be for the next day. Well, next day comes, we wake up, getting ready, getting dressed. She starts bringing it up again. Hey, we're going to go meet with Franklin at the faculty. And she was like, by the way, there's going to be 500 people there. I said, 500 people? <laughs> and you're telling me this now? Uh, we're about to go in the car and talk. And you're telling me this now? Why didn't you tell me the night before? All right. 500 people. I had to stay calm, cool. I can totally see her doing that. That's why I want to laugh she so hard. She does this. Oh, my gosh. She, does, she has done this countless of times. But can I tell you, I love it because it allows you to grow. We spoke about earlier being uncomfortable with things that we might not be used to. Mm-hmm. And now you have to do something spontaneous uh i'm not gonna script it i'm not gonna read off of a paper in front like no i have to be sincere i have to be genuine i have to speak from my heart and be who i am yeah we did and it went great fortunately all right um she constantly does this because we want to be active with our community socorro high school is right next door can i Mm -hmm. tell you i love socorro high school like we've been there so many times to where we would bring out our mascot to their football games just to support yeah it, we're not getting paid for this we have five locations i've been in clint i've been in socorro i've been in chaparral i've been everywhere i felt like to help any community that could just use some love and support because at the end of the day when you see our youth and what are they trying to do we have to be the ones that are saying wow they're about to embark on this journey I'm fortunate for the experiences that I've had to adapt and grow and build myself, but I'm also paying attention. Like, wow, this is our youth. Mm-hmm. This is our community. We have no idea what's being passed down or not being passed down. Where are they going to start anything? Yeah. I believe in any type of support or love where you could show unselfish and genuine care is helpful. Where we really found it a true impact is uh, we would do career days. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing because when I, I would choose to elect because I love kids too, you know, and I I, I don't know what this world's going to be like, you know, and, and I don't know what everybody's going to embark on, but how are they supposed to know everything? I mean, I barely know, you know, what I'm doing sometimes, right? <laughs> I feel like, how are they supposed to know? They're just so sweet, so innocent. And haven't molded yet. All right, so now you have firemen, you have policemen, and then you got the Minchies guy, you know, covered here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and for me, it's just always a compliment to be considered 
even invited to these events. So we had an opportunity to do this with kids many times. Um, all I could tell you is it's always positive. I don't know what's going to happen, but the more we keep doing things like this and we strengthen and we help our youth and we are supportive to other entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and we are there to help provide whatever we can based on our experiences, our knowledge, our testimonies. I think this is how this whole thing can come together. So with that being said, um, you know, the listeners, what especially the young ones, you say you like to work with kids. And I think this would be a great way to start bringing this thing home. Mm. Um, that want to get into entrepreneurship. Okay. What do you think are some of the misconceptions that they have about entrepreneurship? And um, what would you advise them to do, you know, in their, in their first couple of years of embarking on this journey? Okay, great question. Great topic. And I tell you, if you have that spirit and you have that desire and you have that, that's a positive. Okay. And if you don't, that doesn't mean it's negative because you have to calculate risk you have to calculate investment we i think everybody has a vision and when you have these visions you start to think oh this is how it's gonna be this is how you know i don't have to do nine to five i'm not working for anybody else now i'm working for me how true is that very it could be very stressful okay and for some people it might not be stressful but i put the pressure on myself to be able to swim and adapt to whatever it is that's going on because i have my standards and if i'm not meeting those yet okay what's going on so here's a good here's a good uh, answer when you are working for a company what do you do? You go in on your schedule. What do you do? You clock in. What do you do when you're done? Clock out. All right. When you clock out. That's what it. Do, what do you, now, when you clock out, are you still thinking about no. all the things that you need to do tomorrow to make that day better? No. When you're clocking in tomorrow, you're disconnected, mm-hmm. which is actually healthy because now you have real good time for your family and you can you know split your efforts and and, and your energy when you're an entrepreneur what time are you clocking out i don't know when that clock out happens i don't i don't (laughs) i don't even think that exists it doesn't in entrepreneurship it doesn't you have to survive and you have to be able to read and understand where you're making money, where you're losing money, and what needs to be done for immediate change. Because if you do not change what you're doing, you're going to keep losing. I'm going to tell you something that I learned from my my wife's amazing dad. And it's so true what he says. He says, you know, most of the people don't even know they're losing in their business. And by the time they pick it up, and acknowledge that it's too late because mm-hmm. now no matter what change you can put in front of you to formulate that you're bleeding okay entrepreneurship you have to be honest you have to lay like this is such a nice table that it should every detail should be laid out do you know when we did our first 
Menchie's store, we had to give a guarantee. When you're doing leases yeah. and you're committing to financial investments, by the way, to do one Menchie's, minimum 450000 We didn't have 450000 laying around in the back pocket or in the ashtray. You know, <laughs> it's like capital. Like, how are we going to do this? You got to put your whole business plan together. If you're taking a loan, you need to start calculating all these factors. You have to calculate your risk. To satisfy the loan for the bank, we had to do a personal guarantee, mm-hmm. which means putting up your house, yeah. signing. If something goes wrong, you can take my house. Imagine it going take, to sleep. It takes the risk to a whole other level. Well, well skin and, and, in the game. And what is yeah. the definition of an entrepreneur? It's, it's, it's exactly that. If people look up the literal definition of an entrepreneur, is a person that is willing to take larger than normal financial risk. Yes. That's the definition of an entrepreneur. How many people, and we should probably look this up statistically, not for any other reason, but to be transparent and honest, how many people succeed and how many people do not? The, the success rate is low. Yep. Success rate is low. But what, what, okay. what not trying also guarantees you is nothing. No, not Correct. succeeding. You, you got to take a risk. Yeah. Yep. Right? Yeah. Now... I will tell you, from my experiences, some of my best growing success experiences has been derived from me having my back against the wall. Man, we're going to end this really cool. I always end like that, but yeah, you're right. When your back is against the wall, what are you going to do? Let me ask you this because it's very important. I think for we talk a lot about family here and um, and and home life. Um, how important is it to have, especially as an entrepreneur, to mm-hmm. have your home life on check? Like, would you consider that to be, you know, ninety percent of of what entrepreneurs do? Because we're off in a sense. You know, entrepreneurs are a little bit off. Entrepreneurs sacrifice. And for me, growing up from birth and seeing what my family did, what my wife's family did, they sacrificed. It was almost as if, I mean, I always worked weekends all my life. Always. I've never had weekends off. Never. Never had balance because we need to do what we need to do because we're in this thing. We're committed. We're faced with challenges and we need to figure out solutions and get out of it so i will be the first one to say i'm very guilty of being over consumed and bringing this home with me because your mind is like pressure Mm -hmm. it's pressure Mm -hmm. you mean to tell me if you got a playoff game you're not going to be thinking about this the night before and it's like no your mind is consumed so very good conversation in today's world from what I've seen with the younger generation, they're delicate. They need support. They need time. They need genuine love. That doesn't mean going out and buying them something. It means mm-hmm. spending time with them. Yes. And it means connecting with them. And it means channeling 
certain frequencies and levels of communication to where you know you're making an impact in their upbringing and the way that they're evolving. And if you're too busy not paying attention to that, you're going to have a different problem. You might solve all your problems as an entrepreneurship owner, and you might not even know you're having problems in your own household and your own family with your kids and your wife. And listen, you know, it's happened to me. I've had to check myself. I'm, I'm competitive with myself. I have an expectation levels with myself. I have a standard with myself. And that's great. You cannot, and this is going to go back to what I was saying, you can't change who you are. So if I'm doing all this for my clientele and my people and my network, and I'm putting in all this effort, thought, and energy, I sure as hell be doing it for my family, my kids. That's deep. Now, I'm going to say this, though. And you are 100% correct yeah. on what you just said, okay? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give men, I'm going to let them in in a little secret, okay? By the way, women, they love to see their man compete, okay? When they see their man being a f- phony or when they fold, mm. they don't appreciate that no. because women expect for men to be ultimate competitors okay where we go wrong as men is the fact that we don't know how to communicate to our woman hey look this is how i'm wired okay i'm gonna compete at a very high level because i want to win yeah okay so yes there's gonna be a lot of sacrifice sometimes i won't be able to make <clears throat> it to the parent teacher conference sometimes i won't be able to be at the baseball game but i'm a competitor and yeah. you need to understand that okay so men don't believe that what women want is for you to be there 10 hours a day. Who's making the money? Who's the breadwinner? The issue is when we don't communicate that to our, to our wife. We just need to have that conversation and let them know, this is who I am. I love you. Okay? I will be here for you. I will go to the cross. I will die on the cross for you. But I want to compete. And I want you to be okay with that. You are spot on we i think as men do need to communicate that hey this is what makes me tick this is what i'm going through what can we do to where we understand each other and you can help support and understand what i'm going through and know that my intentions are good yes and at the same time while you said what you said i think it's so important for the wife to be supportive how I'm lucky. I love my wife. She's incredible. Me too. She is supportive. So do you me know? Three, just for the record, <laughs> me three. <laughs> do you know what I like to say? Right? We're talking code. We're talking, you know, street code understanding. If you've got a wife that is ride or die, that's the one. Yep. Okay? The one that can see you on your highs. And the one that can be there for you on your lows. I'm lucky. I, I don't know if everybody would have a wife where they would support their men when they're low. I'm pretty sure many would. Yeah. But now see how that dynamic, that chemistry just completely formulated. Now you've got entrepreneurship. Now you've got your relationship. And now you've got your And now it's very important to have everything all together. And I think you said it best was communicate share this is what i'm going through 
and I'm trying to cope with it and I'm trying to do this. If you can understand that, let's try to find a balance on what we could do to make sure that I'm there for you because you're important. We're there for the kids and we can make this all work on all aspects. That's how deep and intense entrepreneurship will rattle your emotions, your everything. Because, okay, is it fair to say, yeah, I'm going to go with my family and then neglect everything that your, that your business requires and needs at certain key moments of times? It's like, how do you balance? How do you juggle? I can tell you. We did five locations, had two kids. I mean, you have to find your way, you know, and and communication is the best thing that you said, my man. I love it. It's so important because I'll be honest, I think there's things that I might hold inside that I'm dealing with and I might not convey that. Well, and we think that our significant other doesn't know, but they know, man. You know, women are way smarter than we think they are. And they know. I, I work on that a lot at home. Like, I'm very honest with my wife. So important. It's very important. That's foundation. Yeah. That's friendship. That's bond. That is the, that is the element that you need to have everything else after that on top of that. And yeah. if you don't have that foundation and you don't have that solidified plan you're gonna run into problems so i i love how you said communication and i'm telling you as you as we're doing this i'm picking up all these things on my conscious mindset to make sure because once you have that then you have the buy-in the support Mm -hmm. the commitment the fact that you're communicating shows what that you have good intentions Mm -hmm. all right how are we going to deal with this because at the end of the day it's a crazy world yeah it's a crazy world not everybody's gonna make it. Let me set up my phone. Yeah. Again. Any any last so any last comments, uh, VJ? Before we go, anything whatever, you want to share with hey, viewers, listeners? Whatever anybody's going through, keep your spirits high. We know might not be easy, might not be fun. There's gonna be highs and lows. Keep your mental state together. Keep your mind clear. And keep looking for the right signals of support. Surround yourselves with the right ones that can help you be better. Why hang out with somebody that's not going to help you be better? Because you could have a couple drinks and have a good time. Hey, that's good. That's a good little getaway. But at the end of the day, surround yourselves with the right company that can help you go to the next level with whatever it is that you're trying to do. And surround yourself with that and make changes. And if that backing is not doing what they're doing, you need to take a step back and say, hey, I need to be around the ones that are going to help me be successful. That's why I love this podcast. Awesome. Thanks, awesome. brother. Appreciate it, man. Anything, any, any last comments you got there, Renee? No, man, no. Um, I think you were both spot on. Um, I really do. I think um, communication in a relationship, not only mm. in business, but just in general, mm-hmm. and is, is key, man. I mean, if you make, if you make your wife your best friend, Yes. You know, you can communicate everything with them. Um, and that you know, takes they, work, by the way. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's hard for a guy to open up about shit going on at work. Yeah. yeah troubles going on elsewhere. You want to you wanna make sure that, you know, everything always looks kosher at home. But in the inside, man, you're fucking blowing up. Yeah. And, and then, you know, your, 
your wife is wondering what the hell's going on, but yes. you don't let her in. So then she starts making up all kinds of shit, you know, when you could have just solved that problem by saying, hey, babe, Correct. I've got this going on at work and it's 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 freaking, you know, driving me crazy. I need to figure this out yeah. um, or, you know, whatever the situation be. But, you know, I mean, two heads is better than one, man. And if that's if that's somebody you chose as your soulmate, yeah. you did it for a reason, man. So might as well convey what you need to convey with that person. And, and be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, no, man, I think it's key. Great job. Well, cool, guys. Um, I'm going to share one last thing with with both of you. Um, I like to journal a lot. And um, I journaled this thing today. And I actually read it to Renee before the show. But um, it goes like this. Um, the most unfiltered truth that runs through every human being is this. Everything that you want, you don't really want. Because if you wanted it, you would already have it. And the reason you don't have the things that you have in your life is because you couldn't live without the without it. The reason why you are where you are, and this goes for everybody, mentally, spiritually, physically, financially, is because in the DNA that runs through your bloodstream, it is okay for you to be there. And here's an example of that. If I set your hair on fire right now, time wouldn't matter. Your mom calling wouldn't matter. Nothing would matter besides putting that fire out. Mm. Even, if the, even if your worst enemy was looking at you laughing, you would jump into a nasty puddle if, it, if that's what you had to do. Because you're moving with that much urgency to put that fire out. So when it comes to your life, why haven't you put out those fires with the same amount of urgency? And I can tell you why. It's because deep down inside, it is okay with you to be there. That is the most raw and unfiltered truth about every single human. That goes from the human that doesn't have a pot to piss in all the way up to the mm. billionaire that has it all. He could not live without not having it all. Amazing. So we need to act with a little more sense of urgency. Yeah. If we really say we want it, then it's about not just talking about doing the thing. I've been on that for quite some time. It's about actually taking action and doing the thing and developing the relationships um so in this in this world where you know you decide to play this entrepreneurship game and become an ultimate competitor in this game then um you gotta treat it as such man um playing in this game is not easy you know it require it's gonna require a lot from you it's gonna require you becoming a student of the game and um and i believe that and i mean that and i think if uh you know if more people that want to get into this game would realize that before they get into this game um they would they would succeed at a faster rate understanding that it's not going to take 90 days to start making ten thousand dollars a month uh stop paying attention to that information that's happening on social media it takes way more than that it takes grit it takes drive it doesn't take motivation because you're not going to be motivated you know the whole time yeah so so yeah that's why you know i figured i'd share this with the people i want to leave just on this note what's helped me also is when we're thrown into situations and instances you know what i do <laughs> it's almost as if i have a conversation with myself in my mind but i'll tell you it starts with whatever it is i'm committed Commitment, right? whether i like it whether i don't i'm gonna get through this and i'm gonna do whatever it is that i need to do because I commit to it. I, for me, that is the one thing that helps me 
at the beginning stage because I'm upfront with me. And when you're committed, what are you doing? You're put, you're backing it up. You're putting your name on it. And when I do that, I get it done. It's like one of those things where I just have to validate in that step. I commit to whatever this is going to be, the good, bad, the ugly. And I'm going to give it my best with the right hopes and intentions that this will be successful. But I have to commit to it internally before I even take that first step. Yeah, commitment's a big thing, man. We need we need a lot more of that. We need to advocate a lot more for commitment yeah. nowadays. I mean, and it applies to anything. Business, even marriage. Yes. How many people are just getting divorced uh, because they lose commitment? Because right? they back out. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's just right now it's, it's so easy um, to jump onto something. You yes. know, it's so easy to undo what, what you've done. Um, if you work somewhere, you don't want to work there anymore, peace out. If you're in a relationship, you don't want to be there, hey, you know what? It's easy. Let's go. We, we, it's $99. You know, you've got yeah. all these signs on street corners, man. That breaks my quick, heart. Quick, quick, uh, quick divorce. Yeah. Easy divorce or whatever it says. 90, I think it's like $96. Breaks my heart, man. And, and it's, it's just too easy, man. People got to commit to what they did, you know, yes. getting into something. And that involves the children. Yes. That involves families. That involves the children's futures, your future. Um, you know, so many bitter emotions Yes, that, that they don't stay behind, man. You think that you're by getting out of that relationship, you're leaving something behind and it's, you're not leaving yeah. anything behind, man. You're just taking these problems and drawing it, dragging them on to yeah. the next person that Recycle. you get with. Yep. I just want to highlight, cause we spoke about this earlier and I wholeheartedly mean this. It's where. If things are uncomfortable, it means you're growing. Yeah. You cannot grow when everything is fine. So when things are, I don't want to say ugly, but I will say uncomfortable, you need to find a way to become comfortable and adapt to whatever it is. And that's what's going to help you get through it. If you are too emotionally rattled in the discomfort you're not going to get out of it yeah you have to embrace the discomfort you have to embrace the suck the suck i knew you were gonna say <laughs> you gotta embrace the suck and it can suck sometimes <laughs> that's all right so we're, we're gonna have to make you uncomfortable whenever we merge your uh in and out and menchie's inside its first you know inside it. its first oh, convenience store i think there's so many ideas good. Yeah, this would be a great location too. I think it would be great. Of Socorro. Yeah. I've got all kinds of ideas that we could bounce back on yeah. next time. And, and again, share. Yeah. You know, I was huh? so hard into the Menchie's brand that the CEO of Menchie's, who's got over 400 locations internationally, so he franchisor, selling franchisees, mm -hmm. he put together a little council to where we could all just openly discuss things on a platform because they come up with an idea but where are they behind a desk yeah we're operators yeah i was invited to this council and i'm the longest lasting member on this council nice. and there's only like a handful nice and the fact that he wanted me to be a part of it like also shows me like wow but again i think it's because we all care we don't get paid extra for it it's a lot more work on top of all this other stuff with putting together certain projects and plans but it's that common denominator and desire to be amazing with whatever it is that you are 
have in front of you with your business you know yeah well man uh it was a great conversation oh, thank you i appreciate you coming out uh renee speaks highly of you and oh, i can man. see why vj um i they say true intelligence comes from the ability to access somebody else's brain and uh that's what i did today i just sat down and i listened and i learned so much so i really thank you man from the bottom of our heart uh for taking the time and coming out here i thank you for having me i really enjoyed and love everything that this program is about and and you know and what we're trying to do to help and support everybody and i'm going to tell you too i sit down and i listen to you and i listen to you and i take it in and i learn and i think that's what everybody needs to keep doing is to keep growing yeah and and keep having that ability to be open and taking all the good you yeah. know taking yeah. the good we got plenty of other suck might as well take it the good <laughs> yeah and learn from the bad yes. learn from our mistakes man yeah. yeah no doubt all right guys well thanks for tuning in um if you gained something from the show if it made you laugh um if it's trying to if it's helping you change make sure you share the show with uh your friends with families uh with your team and i always like to end by saying that the price doesn't go to the fastest guy the price goes to the guy who slows down the least keep your back against the wall stay driven and we will catch you guys on the next one peace peace everybody needs to back in from now on <laughs> that's right <laughs>